0: And I think that that's one thing that I struggle with is like, I just feel so far behind. And so it makes, it makes me determine success. When I do that, it makes me determine success as that person's success. And it's like, well, wait, no, 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 that's, I'm not trying to be that person. And I think that's where you have to step back over the line and go, no, I just, that person inspires me and I have to let that be all that person does. Yeah. But if I'm comparing myself, then it gets dangerous because then my identity, I'm trying to be that person. Right and that's wrong, yeah. then I'm not creating music that I love. I'm creating yeah. music that I do like, but I'm I'm trying to create music that's not my music. Yeah. I'm trying to be somebody
1: else. Josh Masters, thank you for coming today to the Songwriter Snack yeah, Time man. podcast. Yeah. I will say that you're like the second person that has said, when asked what your snack of choice was, cheese and crackers. I mean, cheese you said crackers. Cheez-Its. And then you said cheese and crackers. Yeah. Che- so you could go either way or Cheez-Its
0: is probably like the that's like the easy version, you know? So like if I'm too lazy and, and this stuff usually comes out at nighttime. So I'm about to sit down and watch a TV show.
1: Go to the closet. I, I go I go the
0: to pantry. the little, I go to the little cabinet. We have one cabinet with all the snacks, its cereals mm-hmm. and stuff. And so if I want it easy, I just Cheez-Its. I to Cheez-Its. But if I if I want to put a little effort into it, man, I love sharp cheddar and some uh oh, what
1: just like saltines? Like, yeah, like
0: saltine crackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ritz, Ritz are okay, but saltines, definitely. Yeah.
1: And then your drink of choice while you're enjoying your, your Cheez-Its?
0: <sighs> oh, man. I'm a sweet tea guy. Yeah. I love, like my wife, I, and I'll drink sweet tea with anything. Like, we'll be, we'll be eating dessert, and I'll be like, can I have some sweet tea? And my wife is like, you, know, you, you don't drink sweet tea with chocolate cake. I'm like, well, I do.
1: You do. And uh, So
0: it's either sweet tea or just like a Modelo.
1: I'll have a beer every now yeah. and then, you know, something yeah. like that in the
0: evening time. But yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, feel free to um, snack on these. I'll snack while you're talking. So I'm gonna have to cover up the mic. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we, we joke about how much like it's kind of like that. They call it ADSR or something, right? Where, like the the mouse. Sounds. Right, right. Oh, I don't man. know if people enjoy that. No, I I,
0: <laughs> I do. And having kids, I'm just like it. It's made me realize how much patience I don't have. Oh. listening to my kids chew. <laughs> Can you just close your lips, please?
1: I want to backtrack and give people a little bit of a history here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we're 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 friends. Right. I'll say that, um, and we've worked together on a few music projects. Right. Which I yeah, I was actually listening to your portfolio on iTunes the other day. Oh man, your old stuff too. Oh man, and then I listened what to the journey. song that we did with your vocals on it, and I was super proud of that too. I'm like, man, I really yeah. like what you have out. Thanks, and, man. Um, so. Before we get to that, because that kind of leads me to a question that I have in regards to that. But, man, what people don't realize, and if they go to your Instagram, they will realize this, but, like, right. you are a sick musician. Like, the the one video that you played the other day where you're like, hey, I just found this little groove at, at the park, and you're just like, it was, like, the most tasteful thing. Thanks, You man. know, and it's, like, so yeah, yeah, sick. So when I people start it. to listen to your stuff, they're going to get a sense of that. But what people don't know is that and I didn't know for the longest time, you're not only a guitar player, but then people were like, no, dude, he plays violin. Right. I'm like, what do you mean he plays violin? That's a hard, that's not an easy instrument. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's literally like what he does. Like, yeah. I've never actually heard you play, but people say yeah. it's like your thing. Um, is it your thing?
0: Th- there's a sense in what? yeah, it is. Short answer. So I started playing fiddle when I was five, which is a cool story um, in and of itself how that's probably the infancy of music for me. Really? I, mean, I grew up in a very musical home. Uh, my mom and dad sing and play and have since they were teenagers, just, you know, traveling around to the local churches and stuff. And so we, we grew up, we were weekend warriors, you know. But my, not only that, my grandpa and grandma were avid bluegrass festival fans. Mm. And so we would hit up all of the local bluegrass festivals, um, we love salmon lake right here in Grapevine Texas that was one of the big ones but anyway um my grandpa was a fiddler wow um, not a fantastic fiddler but he was kind of the caricature when you think of an old time fiddler he was he was the caricature of that hmm. and uh so he he started playing uh, my sister played
1: I'm just imagining like a man with an older man with overalls. Oh, completely. The-
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, completely, man. Well, he was he was more the the denim with flannel shirt kind of person. Gotcha. But yeah, 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 he he played fiddle, my uh sister played fiddle, um my first cousin played fiddle. Wow. But the reason we all got into it was because my grandpa was also a lineman uh for actually Navasota for a while, moved to Cleveland, mm. um, worked around here, kind of Southeast Texas area. But he got electrocuted uh, uh, one time up on a pole uh, when he was working on a, on a pole. And it, I don't know the technical term for it, but basically it um, burned or it affected the muscles in his arm in some way where he had to, to obviously rebuild strength, wow. dexterity, and yeah. um, uh, coordination. And so the doctor was like, hey, you need to do something. Because he had played guitar before that, but he's like, you need to do something to kind of rebuild that mm. coordination. And so he picked up the fiddle. Wow. And from that, uh, you know, three of his grandchildren played, and we would do fiddle contests and all that. And Does your sister still play? She doesn't. She, uh, she probably could. Yeah. Um, she, was, she was really, really good, but um, she was always like, she never wanted to perform for anybody. So it was me and my cousin who were kind of yeah, always you, the
1: ones out. You liked, did you like, right. did you, so you kind of liked that attention or playing in front of people? Yeah, I've always. Not necessarily saying you want the attention, but.
0: No, no, I want the attention for sure. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I wasn't generally scared of of being, you know, of playing and people watching. That was part of the fun. You did know, y'all have so like, like jams a as a
1: family back then? Oh, the day. man, all the time. So your dad is a guitarist?
0: My dad plays guitar. And banjo, both, both banjo. And ta- yeah, I
1: saw. So. Okay, so I saw you play piano, and I saw a video of you playing banjo.
0: Little bit. That was okay. a practice part. It took okay. me a few minutes to get, and I couldn't do anything more than that. But, but yeah, primarily I grew up playing fiddle. I started that when I was five, um, and I played fiddle uh, pretty avidly until, until well, all the way through college. Mm-hmm. So until I was about twenty three, twenty four. Um, Even when we were in Nashville um, after college, I I played in a bluegrass band. I did all the overdub stuff on our album there, um, which is not on iTunes. I Mm. probably should put it on there at some point. But um, I did all that stuff. um, And then afterwards, I moved back to Texas, and life just kind of... I just started playing guitar more because I made more money with it. (laughs) There's more demand for a, a great guitar player. When did you pick the guitar up? Um... So I was about, I got my first guitar, I think it was like seven, six, seven years old. My grandpa gave me, I remember for my birthday, um, not the one that played, but the other grandpa, my mom's side, gave me a Fender acoustic guitar, a Dreadnought. It was huge. It was Mm -hmm. way too big for me. And it had this Mighty Mouse VHS (laughs) tape, uh, (laughs) saran wrapped or something to the neck of the case of the guitar. And I loved both of them equally. I was—I mm-hmm. I remember even as a kid, I was excited about the guitar. Um, but I didn't obviously—I didn't really touch it. My dad, when I wanted to play, I would have to get on my dad's knee, you know, and I would strum. I—I I remember I have vivid memories of my dad, courting, you know, mm-hmm. G, C, and D, and he would teach me the right hand. Totally. And that's really how I learned to play guitar was from my dad. Um,
1: probably while watching Mighty Mouse, but uh, that's exactly what I do with Charity right now. She enjoys yeah. me. With the chords and her strumming,
0: yeah, man. And it's interesting. Like the left hand, it it's harder at first, but the long run, the right hand is what's really actually hard.
2: Mm.
0: You know, so it's really cool. I think that's a big advantage for kids to start there. Mm. You know, yeah, Um, because then they're learning one thing, and then when they pick up the other, this one's already. This one, you know, the right hand's already moving. Yeah. So all they have to do is focus on one hand at a time. That's but,
1: why I played bass, because I just found it infinitely easier than any other instrument, you know, at the time, learning. And then I got into Victor Wooten and stuff it, like that. And yeah. I realized, like, oh, you could really do it. It's deal- funny,
0: though. You know, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there that I could probably mm-hmm. take shots at. and be like, yeah, bass player, you know. It's only got four strings, maybe five. I Man, I just don't think that. I think bass players... I have a different...
1: You got respect there? Oh, mad. I know you do. Because Because...
0: If there's a great bass player and a great drummer, oh, that man, they, you don't need anything else, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, okay, so you grew up maybe listening to a bunch of bluegrass stuff. Like, man, do you remember like what y'all, what your earliest influences were?
0: Yeah. So I grew up listening mainly to Southern gospel. Okay. My dad was in a quartet uh, when he was younger, and then the, the music that we sang as a family was rooted heavily in Southern gospel harmony wise. Mm. We didn't even really sing the really more bluegrass harmony. We kind of played bluegrass instruments, but sang Southern gospel. And so it was really cool melding.
1: That makes a ton of sense with like all your background vocal instincts that I, that we've worked on and I've seen you post. I'm like, man, it's really cool stuff.
0: Right. I I was, um, my dad was very, and mom, both of them, because my mom plays piano, uh, very instrumental in teaching me harmony and like gave me a love for it, yeah, you know, for singing harmony and picking out the parts. Um, That's so cool. but man, I, I don't know. One of the probably one of the f- first um albums that I really enjoyed was an album by the Bishops, which is a they're a quartet or a southern gospel group, and they put out a bluegrass album. They hired all some of the best studio, you know, bluegrass players at the time, and it was that was i don't know that was probably the first album that i remember being like yeah I really i really like that cuz i was heavy in bluegrass when i was young obviously when i get older i, <laughs> I went to church youth groups and uh was exposed to rock and
1: <laughs> yeah well i was going to ask were you like kind of did you have the like were you pretty much like sheltered in regards to like the music that you grew up listening to like in the christian category or um yeah about as crazy as we got was A
0: contemporary Christian Wow CD.
1: (laughs) Oh
0: wow! (laughs) Right, wow, wow. (laughs) Uh, No, I, I I think my first first exposure to things outside of kind of that acoustic southern gospel genre was number one, Carmen. I don't know if you remember Carmen. Oh
1: man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was allowable. So, and not only allowable, that was a prolific uh, (laughs) listening experience (laughs) in our home. And I loved it. I, today, to this day, I still love it. I jam it out for our kids. But then we had the wow CD. You listen all. to
1: Carmen. Uh, I forget what song it was where he's telling a story, and it just lasts forever. Oh, yeah. But it's, yeah. My, our he's kids, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> he's great, man. I love Carmen. He still looks like he's 18, right? That's Yeah. I, he's a, he he's a stud.
0: I think he's a model. Huh? Is he still alive? No, he is. Yeah. He, oh, okay. he got married late in life. Cool okay. testimony. No,
1: again. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah,
0: so... um I, when I heard the Newsboys, yes. I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but Shine was my jam, you know, oh, when I was yeah. about 10, 12 years old. Totally. And um, <laughs> But anything outside of that genre, I remember, um, so I was homeschooled, and my mom would, you know, send me my, to my room to do work. And 90% of the time, I, I mean, my mom's still saying, thankfully, but my, 90% of the time, I would go to my room, and I would just get the guitar, and I would either play, or I would air guitar play. Mm. You know, in the mirror or air fiddle player or something. Mark O'Connor was a huge influence. Um, you ask who influences were. Um, he's probably the biggest, single biggest uh, person that's influenced me hmm. musically. And kind of, he's kind of been the stars that I've shot for. You wow. Know? You know,
1: I don't know any of his stuff. Wow.
0: He's a fiddle player. Okay. But his albums are so, so versatile. I mean, you've got everything from you know, backdoor swing to mm. bluegrass to jazz to uh, fusion kind of influences. I mean, he's,
1: he does a just lot of stay. stuff with
0: uh, Victor Wooten and stuff. Oh, okay, um, cool. Just really, really great musician. Um, but then uh, I remember one time I had this little radio unit and I was scanning through the frequencies and I found 93.7 Classic Rock. I was like, I'll try this out. And I heard Stevie Ray Vaughn's Crossfire. For the first caught
2: in the crossfire.
0: Mm -hmm. For the first time. And I was just I was dumb, dumbstruck. You're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I was just I was speechless for a second. And and then I I immediately immediately started playing air guitar (laughs) in my room when I should have been (laughs) doing math. But uh, that was kind of the the I don't know, the infancy of my love for like soul. Yeah. Blues, Cause I have a great love for totally. for that stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's what I was basically what I want people to understand is like, man, you have a conglomerate of just all these different influencing and genres right. that come out. Like right. in the song, that, the most recent single that you put out here comes, I love you. Yeah. Like it just, which ha- you played just, on by the which way I did, and nailed yeah, the on That Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> um, that was a super fun experience. Um, but yeah, it's just like you you have like this, yeah. you know, this groove or this vibe now that it's just like, I can just tell that that comes from a, a deep love for music, you know?
0: Yeah, 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 and it's and it's informed by a lot of things stylistically, which is hard to kind of rein in sometimes. Mm-hmm. That, you know? that was
1: one of my questions looking at your, your portfolio was, okay, I have a couple of follow-up questions. It's like, yeah. A, what led you from... Texas to Nashville. Was it mm. the music thing? I, I want to get into that. But then, like, looking at your category, are your categories, like, on iTunes, like, there's yeah. contemporary bluegrass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop. There's, like, there's some country things in there. So it's, like, yeah. I feel like are you... You were kind of maybe, like, chiseling away to kind of find who you are musically. Are you still on that journey? Or, like, so... Yeah. I, take those questions. I, I I would say
0: I'm more trying to zero something in now then i was just doing whatever i wanted mm-hmm. whatever inspired me mm-hmm. you know so there's some stuff on there that's really country or um i never know, heard contemporary. of contemporary bluegrass but I was like, right cool. right 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 yeah which i should get you some of our bluegrass stuff Definitely. um it's it's pretty cool um it was fun it was a great season so i never really tried to be anything specific mm-hmm. I, and I just went off inspiration. So if I had something that was inspiring me at the time, I was like, I want to do something like that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was never, uh, early on, I just never had a target. It was always whatever came up in front of me when mm-hmm. I was shooting at. Um, but yeah, when, when uh, the whole bluegrass, or the Nashville thing, it was interesting. Um, I had met a couple players through a mutual friend um, at, at some, like a, a banjo and a guitar competition, randomly and I met the Texas State Championship banjo player he lives here in Houston his name is Daniel Roy he was 16 when he won it wow. crazy good musician his brother played stand up bass and did Arco with the bow and all that um, and I met these guys and I had another friend uh, Conrad Kraft, who played mandolin that I went to high school with okay. and through him I met these two guys and we started this band um, and I had a couple friends in the Tennessee area around Nashville Cookville and Pikeville and it was weird. I, I was just like, all these are my favorite people. I, I love these people. Um, let's just do something. So we traveled around. We we booked two weeks straight. I think we played like 15 or 16 shows in like 14 days across wow. several states. Yeah. So it was like literally, you know, we would sing sometimes one morning, and then we would go sing that evening in another state. I mean, we were we were hauling it. But we just kind of all wanted that experience. So like we're let's just do it let's just yeah. do a two-week stretch and have fun we were all exiting college at the time or uh high school at the time and um yeah so through those college years i was kind of playing bluegrass with them studying violin and jazz guitar in college
1: that's awesome what brought and, you back to texas
0: well okay so we left the day after my last class in college we left and moved to nashville and we were there for about three years and we were we recorded some stuff up there. Long story short, my wife and I got pregnant, and I was just like, "Let's just go back home. All of our family's there. We have a fantastic family." Mm. And so we've been here ever since then. Man. Is she
1: um, a musician at all, or does she sing? Or <laughs> I can't remember. If she's she sang at church. Point of bitterness.
0: No, you, okay. you brought up something. You brought up a great point here. Um, she's not a musician. Derek's wife sings, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, she's that, a great I was singer. Confused. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but my wife. She's, you know, she studied piano. She kind of did the normal childhood thing, and she also studied voice. Well, when we were courting, dating, whatever you want to call it, uh, she actually had a vocal recital, and didn't tell me about it. Wow! And
1: to this day, I'm bitter. It's not recorded or anything no. for you to go back and. Nope. No. no.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I'm not bitter. She. She have
1: to sing with you on some records. She knows
0: how to sing. Yeah. She. Well, she's. She's not. She would never. She doesn't want attention. Yeah. She wanted to finish recital and be done, kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah it's not going to happen. Yeah, but uh, I do get to hear her sing our kids to sleep, and man, that's cool. That's the that's, that's a beautiful thing. That's so, really cool. How long have yeah. you been married now? Uh, it'll be thirteen years, November twenty second. So, that's awesome, brownie man. points for me for no
1: for knowing that. I always like pause and like oh, 11, yeah, 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 yeah. Eleven, twelve. Um, and how many kids do you have? We have seven. Bro. Yeah, I forgot that you have so many kids. <laughs> it is funny; like people that's, are shocked by it every time. Uh, I was. Age, just, then the ages range from what to what? So our youngest is four months. Okay. Oh, four months. Yeah, four months. Wow.
0: Right now, That's awesome. And our oldest is going to be. How old are you? Is he's twelve. Um, I'm thirty five. Yeah, that's the age I have a hard time remembering. Yeah. Oh, your own age. Oh man. What's the oldest kid? How old? I think he's he's twelve. Yeah, because his birthday is in October, so he just turned twelve.
1: Yeah, maybe you can encourage us a little bit. We just, you know, I'm telling it. Maybe I'll cut this out. Maybe I won't. But we, <laughs> d- we just found <laughs> yeah, out this that part. Uh, we we found out Angela's ten weeks. What? I know, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. This so, is three. This is three. Yeah, and it was unexpected. Just yeah, unplanned, unexpected. But right, right, right. so we're we're getting used to the idea and super excited about it. But we, you know we're we feel like we're old.
0: You know, right. I'm 38, you?
1: you know, she's 37. You're 38? I'm 38. No, yeah. dude, I feel like I'm older than you. That's right, <laughs> really? because I look older than everybody. No, man, I'm an old man. But anyways, I guess, I guess it's not that old, right? Like, No. Yeah. No. People have kids way older all the time, right? Oh, all the time. Okay, cool. How old is your oldest? He's, uh, he's 11. Yeah, man. So.
0: Well, it's funny. People tell me all the time, they'll be like, oh, man, we, we have two and we're done. I'm like... Uh, Have you been clipped? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then stop saying that. Because it could could still happen. It could
1: happen. (laughs) Yep. Dude, that's okay. So one thing I wanted to follow up too about was, we've talked a little about your growth as a musician, but like when did you start writing songs? Like was that early on too when you were like, man, I think I could write something.
0: I, I guess I would say I attribute a lot of the infancy or inception of rhyme, specifically that aspect of writing to my mom. Um, in school, she would have me write poetry. And it wasn't like a regimental, scheduled out thing, but she would, you know, sometimes we'd be traveling somewhere and she would just, you know, trying to entertain me, I guess. She'd be like, hey, write a write a poem. And sometimes she'd give me a topic or sometimes she'd just say, hey, write, write something, write right. a rhyme. And so I'd sit back there and write like a, this A, B, A, B, and that's the only kind of structure I knew sure. how to write a, a poem. But it was just this... Practice of learning to rhyme and I, and that kind of like piqued my interest in it. So I was already, you know, musically like instrumentally, I was already sold. I I'd already bought in. That's what yeah. I wanted to do. You know, I, I realized I had a skill for it, not only a skill but actual love for it.
1: Well, and your vocals too, like you're well, and I again. didn't.
0: Well, okay, so that's a. It's funny. I have this weird relationship with my voice, and, and it genuinely is a love hate relationship. I, hmm. I I don't feel like. I got to where I was confident in singing
1: hmm.
0: until I was. Pro- pro- this is probably like eight years ago, nine years really? ago. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was singing when I was younger, but I just never felt
1: like I was any good at it. I feel like that. I mean, you're saying that it's changed. Like you, def- I, every time you sing, I'm like, dude, you are owning it. You know what it's, I mean? It's
0: different and and it's fun. It's it's a lot more fun. And I think that that was a, a big shift to me. For me, was realizing. Oh, this is not about sounding good. This is about having fun. And if I genuinely love music, then I just want to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a
0: big shift for me. And so when I started to enjoy
1: music... And not be so technical and... Right. Yeah. I feel like I got better.
0: Yeah. But that was a shift of just wanting to enjoy it um, and not waiting till I was good enough to enjoy it. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. So just enjoying where I'm at um, because it's something that I love. But as far as the writing thing, um, it started out with just this um, attraction to rhyme. And then um, I realized I started to, obviously I think it was a natural progression because I loved music. I think it was just like, oh, you know what? I could write a song. I could could actually write a song and put a melody to it. And so I, a lot of my early writing was really just this journal with me and the Lord. It was just a conversation. That's what it started out because I was a young Christian.
1: Yeah, um, I got. I mean, saved you grew in up her, in the church. So yeah, like, yeah, your fa- your yeah. Parents are faithful Christians. Oh like.
0: man, I have the best family. Yeah, and I got saved when I was, I, I, I say five, but probably probably before and after that. I mean, mm-hmm. I was at the altar yeah, yeah, at yeah. children's church yeah. every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I just had this early attraction and realization that there was a God, and I was aware of my sin, which made it hard because I, I was a very had a very guilty conscience, mm-hmm. and that was actually the, this birthplace, uh, for my need to yeah. emote, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I had these I had the tools to do it. I had yeah. music, um, and I, I was being trained in understanding rhyme and rhythm, and, and so I, I think that that is probably the barest. Um, need for me as a musician is just this sense to emote. Whatever it is, it, mm-hmm. you know, early on it was about God. Mm-hmm. And now it's just this constant journal about my life, life my yeah. family, my kids, mm-hmm. uh, situations uh, that I've learned from, or hopefully learned
1: from. Do you remember that first song that you wrote? Oh, man.
0: No. <laughs> always no, always no, 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 no. <laughs> uh Probably a good thing. Oh man, and I don't even know that I would call it a song. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: it was just a thing. It was just this random weird creation. Uh,
1: sure.
0: But I do remember uh, the first official song was. Uh, it was called "Let Love Lead," and it was. I wrote it at some Southern Gospel. Uh, actually, Stamps Back hmm. Stamps Baxter School of Music. Uh, I went to their summer camp every year, wow. and I took writing lessons there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So as you were playing and singing and writing, like were people, especially maybe your family, were they like affirming you and being like, "Man, this is good. Like you should keep, keep doing this." Well, it's funny. I think when you have
0: a talent and people see that, they're always like, "Oh, you know," especially like at bluegrass festivals or just anywhere, people would be like, "Oh man, you, you know, we're gonna see you on TV someday. You know, don't forget us little people when you get famous. You know." <laughs> yeah. And that was a great thing because it encouraged me, but it was also like this uh, negative thing too mm. later on in life because I, I like I assumed my identity. assimilated some of that identity yeah. upon myself or pre-imposed their vision of my you identity. Had to be
1: something that they... R-
0: right. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that's not what I have to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were very affirming. They were very encouraging. Um, my dad is, he's a very steady person. He's not a... I mean, he is a visionary. That's what's funny. But mm. he's very duty oriented. He took care of our family very well. He mm. went to work all the time. And I, <laughs> I remember uh, when I wanted to go to college for audio engineering, he was like, "You know, maybe you should get an you should get an electrical degree or something in the AC. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that way you have something to fall back on." And I was like,
1: "You're like granddad. His arm. Now he's a musician. Or, like, right, I remember? <laughs> right, right, right. I was like,
0: Nah. I'm gonna just do this thing. I'm gonna just do what I love and." Hmm. Which comes with its own consequences. You sure. Know? You, you bear the consequences. It's not an easy life, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they were well, very affirmative.
1: One thing I was going to also ask was so looking at your catalog, 2014 was like you released a lot of stuff in 2014. You were super excited at that point. And then yeah, you're late. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say it that way. Mm-hmm. And then in 2021, that's the
0: latest. <laughs> right. Just
1: came out with a new song, you know? So it's like. Yeah. What was happening in your life between was that the transition from Nashville back to Texas and just like God mm-hmm. calling you into ministry or you know because mm. currently you're a worship pastor at a church plant. Yeah, here in Collective Magnolia. Collective Church in Magnolia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's Shameless well. plug there. Yeah, come on you're down. welcome, Pastor Derek. Uh, but that time frame where you're like figuring yourself out, just life was happening. Just like how did you get from there back yeah. to now thinking? Because I thought I heard you say, like, I, now is when I want to start putting out music. I'm Right. I kind of want to start getting out there again.
0: Yeah. You, you know, there's just this, like, you're trying to figure out how to make a living at music. You're trying to figure out right. your identity in that, your, your place in the musical space. Like, for you, you've come to realize you're this mixer. Yeah. Right? And then you yeah. go, okay, here, I'm going to lean into this. And for me, I think I've always known I have this artist spirit, you know? I I want to write, I want to sing, I want to play, I want to do all those things. It's not like I just want to be a studio musician. Mm-hmm. But um, all of those things together are artistry, and that's different than mixing. It's different than studio playing. It's different than uh, being a part of a backing band. It's Right? It's Yeah. Uh, this whole front man kind of mentality is, or gene, uh, genetics is, it's different. It's its own thing. And... I had come to a place where I just thought, man, I don't want to travel. I don't want to leave my family, um, and I always thought that to do it, it had to look a certain way. It had to look like all the other rock stars look. You know? yeah. They they give up their their life right. to go do this thing. And I just realized I didn't want that. I didn't. Well, I, I want it. I didn't want. I didn't want to. I didn't want to hurt anybody. Hmm. you know and so recently I've just felt this release and you know from the Holy Spirit to be like no you need to you be writing you need to be being an artist because it's what I created you to be
2: hmm.
0: and so it's just this idea of leaning into that identity of I, I mean I I think there was that period of seven years or so where I was essentially trying to starve it you know and just uh, fast from it but probably some of it Probably healthy, some are probably unhealthy, but you know, you know how it is when you love something and not, aren't doing it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's
0: like the scripture says, "Hope yeah. deferred makes the heart sick." Sure. And so, I think I just realized, man, I came to this place where it was like, um, where the Lord revealed to me, "Hey, even if you stop doing this, it's not going to make you happy." And so it's like, oh well, my only choice is to do it then. Mm. Success or failure, you know, whatever those two things mean um i have to do it yeah and so yeah it's just that that's kind of the the recent thing is having this release from the spirit to say i can pursue this thing and it keep, it's going to be like, what it's going to be
1: does that help you write in a way that like feels more free for sure you know where you're just well not-
0: it's funny i wasn't even writing during most of that time from 2014 to now i would i can't say that i wrote I probably wrote a handful of songs in that time, which is virtually nothing. What about
1: nowadays? How often are you writing?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I try to write every every week. Um, You know, like going to the park, I try Mm -hmm. to go there a few times a week just to have a couple hours of undivided attention Mm -hmm. Um, and nothing pulling my attention away, Um, and just write. You know, and just making a practice of it,
1: whether I write something great or or not. Um, does it always start talk about where songs start for you like do you yeah. usually find a guitar thing that you like and then try to sing on top of it or do you, do you ever still write lyric stories and just and then try to bring music to that or how do you do it
0: I've never written a song just lyrically. um there is usually a melody or a musical inspiration that's guiding it yeah um I usually start from a place of whether it's an actual riff i've come up with or just a lane of emotion
1: mm.
0: you know a vibe that i'm trying to write to um or an idea uh i'll work that idea and just kind of write around it until i find uh not not like the title but like the the meat of the song what am i what is the idea that i'm circling and trying to clarify and I don't know. It's it's almost like, you know, <laughs> there's this funny saying that people, they're like, some people talk when they have something to say, and some people talk until they have something to say. Mm. And I feel like that is a little bit of my writing. I have, I know what I'm, I know I want to say something that has to do with a certain subject or whatever, but sometimes I need to write
1: to that thing. Yeah. Yeah. To get there. I like the way you described it. Like you're circling. You're just right. circling until it kind of narrows itself down. And you're like, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And photographers
0: would call it uh working the angle, working the shot, you know, where they're like, Okay, this here's this image I'm trying to create. That first time I throw the camera up, it's like, well, I don't get it. Um, let me move over here or write just what you were doing with these cameras right before. You mm-hmm. you're working the angle until mm-hmm. oh, there it is. There's that thing. And that's how I do with the lyric. Um, and then once I get that idea, then I can start to ruthlessly cut out the yeah, stuff I've already part. said
1: and go. Okay, does that really? Does that really lend itself? Totally. Yeah. Well, so in regards to the production of the music that you're working on, and maybe the music that you'll put out, like, what are you trying to do production wise? Like, what? And maybe you can pull from things that inspire you, you know, recently or whatever. Like from people that inspire you musically. But what? What to you when it comes to the production? Even the production on the last release, like what are you what are you looking for when it comes to the music side nowadays? Hmm. <clears throat> How would you try to describe that?
0: That's a really good question. And it's been probably the biggest thing I've wrestled with in the last several months of just like, okay, if I want to actually record because writing it, it's undefined, right? You can write a song and it's just the lyrics, but it can go ten thousand ways yeah. production wise. Oh yeah. Stylistically.
1: Someone described music as like the different clothes that you can put on. I'm like, yeah, that's completely Exactly what it is. Like you can wear a million different jackets with this.
0: Right. And it, and especially if it's a great song. If if it's a good song, I won't say great, but if it's a good song, usually that song can take different forms yeah. stylistically. I think I've just had to go back and go, okay, what inspires not only what inspires me, but there's a like, there's also a live element. I really enjoy performing the music like actually interact you know interacting with the song as i'm playing it yeah there that's a that's some people enjoy the writing process i don't totally enjoy the
1: writing process that's such a good way to explain it. let me let me interrupt you for a second because yeah. the other day at church david was like what i like about you is you don't play the same thing twice right and i was like hmm maybe i can think that that as a bad thing like I'm not playing the exact same thing. But I, the way I was thinking about it is like, you're right. No, like, you're engaged with it. I'm it's engaged going by. with the performance as it's happening. Right. And then that is informing my body and like the way that I'm playing in absolutely. such a way that it comes out in a unique thing. It, it could be an idea that I'd never had before. Absolutely. But it's coming out now and I'm feeling it now yep. in, in this particular way. Absolutely. Is that kind of what you're saying?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's this very real time. As the lyrics are going by and the ball's bouncing, you know, you're you're like <laughs> yeah. you're interpreting it in the moment and you're playing to that thing. There's a, it's very interactive, it's almost like tactile. There's this tactility to it, if that's even a word. I, I've described music a lot of times as my fidget spinner. You know, there's this yeah. engagement thing um, that is very soothing, um, it's very purpose driven. Yeah. It's very fulfilling. Well, that's exactly
1: how you did the recording of the last release, which was super fun. Just get a a bunch of guys in a room. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's interpret this thing. Let's interpret it. Right.
0: Let's see what happens. Do you
1: plan on doing more stuff like that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm going to be a little more intentional about it. Right. Like right now, the next song that I'm working on, I'm going to do more of a campaign, for lack of a better word. I'm going to do more of an intentional studio version ahead of time. The pre-production stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'll probably do like a streaming version. But I'm not gonna release it yet, you know. And then I'm working with another guy that'll help me produce a live version that's completely different, like just way off base. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it'll give me this ability to to be able to do something live as well as set a standard through that streaming version. Cause like that one song, Here Comes I Love You, the standard was set in the room when we did it like no one practiced beforehand it was literally just here it is uh which is risky sure right oh yeah um because there's a there's a lot that you can't refine in that moment it just right. is what it is there's also
1: know? a lot of reward if it's totally done, you know totally so, yeah
0: that's true um but yeah i mean a lot of the uh, th- that that's kind of in when you ask about like what type of music that i want to create I, I've had this conversation with my wife many times. It's like, well, I could get in there and play a bunch of synth parts, or you know, I could, I could, I could make the vibe of whatever I'm feeling at the time. But it's like, well, what, what do I want to play live? Hmm. And I try to help that inform. Also, what comes out naturally. You know, there's part of me that like wants to deny certain musical things that I have to accomplish something else, uh, some other style. But it's like, no, that's, that's who I am and i need to allow that to all the parts of my influences to influence the now yeah. if that makes sense yeah you know cuz there's some of the things that like i don't want to be country or i don't want to do jazz or i don't want to do, i want to do this thing and it's like i think i think people spend a lot of times a lot of time trying to be something instead of figuring out what they actually are yeah you know and for yeah. me it's very folk southern uh, kind of soul sometimes you know it's, just, but I think the main circle that I've drawn around my music right now is trying to create something that feels real and perf- yeah. actually
1: performed
0: not programmed
1: yes and that's probably why like when I think about your music your current music it's like the electric guitar some form of a guitar is so yeah. huge it's a big part of that sound you yeah. know yeah um, for sure yeah, I like it. Um, what would, as, I mean, you're an artist. You're going to put out more music, but, like, what would be, I mean, you're obviously a worship pastor. You play on, on Sundays, but what would be to you success as an artist? You know, hmm. what, would, how do you define
0: success? I think that that's such an elusive thing. I was actually talking to David Stukenberg about mm-hmm. this the other day. We, you know, because when you lay out the success plan, it's not like starting another business. Yeah. Uh, where you're selling ice cream or you're going to sell um, anything tangible. It's not like a normal product industry or even service industry. Yeah.
1: It feels more elusive, right? Like right. hard it, to grab onto. Like, right. Because it's this... both that.
0: It's b- both service and product. Mm-hmm. Music is. Mm-hmm. It's both of those industries together, I feel like. And the thing that makes it hard is, and David said it really well, that when you start out to say, I'm going to do music as a business, as a business, um, there are so so many the process is laden with so many ifs if this happens then this if if this happens okay we can do this i can get there if this happens
1: mm-hmm. right and it's so many
0: so much is dependent upon certain things happening and i know that can be said of other industries but um you know you you really do have to know the right people you know it, it, a lot of it is does that make sense though? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's hard
0: to get it's hard to just lay out a plan like okay, I'm going to open a store, I'm going to get the product in the store, I'm going to make the signs, I'm going to start a social media campaign. Although those are kind of the same thing, a lot of it depends on whether you make the right contacts, you know, whether someone actually sees your music. You get it out there. Um, and yeah, go ahead. I well, have a lot uh, of well, other the only thoughts thing on I that. was
1: going to say to that was I mean, you're You got the skill part down, like very talented, right? Can write songs, sing great, play a play an instrument great. It's like the skill part of it is only part of it. Having a song, it's like me for some reason, like making a song, making it sound good. That's just part of the success of that song. That's like the starting point. Yeah, exactly. The second it used part, to be
0: the finish line for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can I just get a, get a song to be yeah. at a certain standard, right? Now it's base minimum. Well, that's what I was going to ask is like, that's the business side of it, right? That's the how do I take me writing songs and make it into something? And of yeah. course, like, we're still trying to figure that out, you know? So it's right. like a journey that we'll figure that out, but... I mean, you're obviously thinking of your music as a business. Oh, yeah, completely.
0: Um, One of the things that I'm, I guess, one of the ways I view it is um, how do I make this presentable to somebody? How do I present it in a way that they're going to consume it? I guess I think about it as food. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of people preparing food, but then they just stick it in the fridge. You know, Uh, there's a lot of people writing songs, but then it just stays on their hard drive. You know, yeah. they may never actually finish it. They may never mm-hmm. actually serve it up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, any chef will tell you part of the actual pr- preparation process is the presentation process, right? You have to mm-hmm. put it on the plate. You have to organize it and pr- make it proportional and and then actually get it out on the table to somebody to actually eat to where they decide, do I actually like this dish or not? Mm-hmm. And are am I going to continue to come back to the restaurant? Mm-hmm. And And so for me, it's... Like with this next song I'm doing, I have a song I'm I'm working on production-wise right now. Like I said, we're working on uh, having a, a live version of it done, and just gathering content for this for this thing. And so we're in the preparation process, right? We we haven't even presented it, and I think that's what I'm I'm trying to focus on is getting the ingredients together, uh, cooking the meal, you know, making the song, and then okay, let's have an intentional process in the way that we. Lay this out and present yeah. it so that people uh, don't just see it as this. Bam! There was a song he released, but milk it and and help them be able to see it. That's part of you know you hear it with stores all the time. Location, location, yeah. location. You just have they, you have to be visible.
1: What have you thought about in regards to sharing that sharing that song after it's been released? Like, is it just documenting the process of making the song, sharing somehow creating content around what the song is about? Have you thought through, like, what what could you share in regard to, like, what your strategy is?
0: Yeah, so I had a conversation with a couple friends the other day about this. And they had some really good ideas, you know. Um, not only releasing, you know, seeing the song, that three and a half minutes of musicality, four four minutes, whatever. Seeing your ability to promote that song more than just the actual release of the song. So, like, you're talking about gaining content, you know, um. Maybe that is, uh, creating, um, creating images with quotes on them, you know, a quote from the song that really kind of mm-hmm. stirs curiosity with maybe a musical clip, like a 10 second clip of, of that, you know, stir- basically wetting people's appetite, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, doing behind the scenes, uh, stuff, um, a little moment of like, oh yeah, I like that guitar part, you know, save that one, you know, uh just where people see you creating it or and you build that interest so that when you actually do release the thing, they have a connection with it. It's it's familiar yeah, yeah, to yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And it's not uh they've kind of been weighted into the process, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then being able to follow that up, part of my what I'm trying to do with this next song, like I said, is is uh have a live version that is kind of an alternative, right? Yeah, it's its own thing. It's its own thing but it's something they've heard before and so it's building off of that familiarity that's been been built and that's kind of I'm trying to I'm not good at details my wife will tell you
1: Sure
0: I am um, good at creativity I'm not good with timelines and all that kind of stuff but You
1: almost missed today bro
0: Dude I almost missed today man <laughs> um, thanks for the text by the way Yeah yeah yeah, uh, but yeah j- focusing on as more of a campaign
1: and a strategic that's a good way to put a campaign yeah
0: right I, I thinking about this as mm-hmm. this as this stream of mm-hmm. releasing content around this thing and not just looking at it simply as okay i gotta I gotta create this song work for three four weeks in my studio countless hours and put it out people see it for ten minutes on Instagram and then fly over you know, my wife said it one time really well she was like. Uh, you know, she talked about cooking cooking a meal. Back to that analogy. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, sometimes it is discouraging to to work hours on a meal, put it before the family and it's gone in 10 minutes,
1: especially with seven kids.
0: Right. <laughs> well, everybody it's <laughs> it's magnified because, yeah, for sure. And it, and I thought, well, that's such a good principle and everybody experiences that mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. in their life. Yeah you know but how much more do you enjoy the meal when mom's like hey i'm making chicken and dumplings tonight and everybody's talking about it throughout the day and then when it comes it's all, it's this thing yeah right yeah. and i think that that's kind of the thing with music
1: yeah hey
0: creating a new song check it out and then having the slow release of anticipation
1: mm-hmm. you know i love that yeah i think you also um if you haven't thought about i'm sure you've thought about this but you should release like an acoustic version Mm. Of stuff, maybe it's not every song, but like an acoustic yeah. version of, of that one you just released would be great, you know.
0: At some point, no, it's actually a good idea. I have, so I
1: have a big, I bet you already have it.
0: No, well, no, I don't, <laughs> Part of it. Uh, uh, yeah. So, like, this song that I'm gonna release, I want to actually do something completely different where this song may be, um, drums and guitar heavy, mm. uh. I want to do something different that's like keys and strings. Oh, that's That's cool. like completely different. Yeah. So I love that idea. You're talking about like with here comes I love you. I should
1: do that. I didn't even think about it. It's Just probably different the best, versions, you know? best place to start right there. I could do <laughs> that one right now. But Is there anything on that you can think of if I asked you what your biggest struggles are?
0: I would say one of the big struggles, and I feel like most people could probably relate to this, is feeling outside. You know, the... You feel like there's this group of people or musicians that you look up to, or,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's like they're doing the thing, right? Because mm-hmm. we all have those people we look up to. Oh yeah. Right. But when you look up to them, you're watching them, and so you're watching them have what looks like success at least. Right. right and, you, and they're right. And they're having momentum and movement, and they're doing the thing. And I think that that's that's dangerous. Helpful. In one way, but it's like you hurtful. have to be
1: aware, but then just not too much aware or something. I don't know. You know.
0: Well, it's it's the difference between being aware and comparing. C- comparing is a there's a fine line that you can step over so easily, and mm-hmm. usually we don't even know we're stepping over. It just mm-hmm. happens because human nature. You're but, like, oh, I'm way over the line. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think that that's one thing that I struggle with is like I just feel so far behind. I always feel so far behind. You know? And so it makes it makes me determine success. When I do that, it makes me determine success as that person's success. And it's like, well, wait, no, no, no. That's I'm not trying to be that person. And I think that's where you have to step back over the line and go, no, I just that person inspires me. And I have to let that be all that person does. Yeah. But if I'm comparing myself then it gets dangerous cuz then my identity i'm trying to be that person right and that's wrong yeah then i'm not creating music that i love i'm creating music that I, I do like but i'm i'm trying to create music that's not my music yeah i'm trying to be somebody else
1: that's so good i mean like i resonate that as a producer like trying to make songs for people it's like everybody wants this oh can you make this song or this song right. it's like those songs are great but that's not this song like this song is going to inform us and we're going to make something original that's that's a combination of where you are as an artist and where i am as a producer in this moment in this season i'm not timberland i'm josh walker so it's like right i'm here now and it's like it's so hard to remember that and like to get out of this mindset of like yes we want to be inspired by all this but like anytime that you get down and I, I struggle with that so much is like even with running a business it's like you know you're always looking towards like oh that business in Nashville or that right. there's some studios totally. that I have to stop following because I'm like their pictures just look you look it looks like everything you're doing is so sick right just so awesome I it's know. like
0: looks like you're always working with the best people and yeah it's so easy and fun and yeah. I, I know man but it's such a dangerous and destructive like it's it's literally debilitating. Something that mm-hmm. should be encouraging is mm-hmm. is actually tripping you
1: up yeah. in a big, big way. Yeah. Yeah, I've had to do that. Stop following That's good, man. Sometimes. Okay, I want to transition to a thing I call 10 Things. Uh-oh. It's just some rapid-fire questions. Okay. Um, don't be freaked out. Let's go. Uh, first thing, favorite concert you ever been to?
0: The first one that pops into mind is Festival Candios <laughs> which is okay. was held down in Greenspoint Mall. and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sounds cool uh, Parking lot. That's not my favorite concert It's just the first one That came to mind <laughs> It's a little bit of bonus uh, Material um, Favorite concert Was actually uh, I went to see Mark O'Connor My mom and dad Had bought me tickets To him he's Again he's a yeah. Huge musical influence mm-hmm. And we went to Some symphony down And I think it was Tombaugh Or Tyler Or something He only played like two songs, and he was just a guest for the symphony. I was like, dang it, man. So it it wasn't as good as I wanted. That was the only time I'd ever seen him live. And then a few years ago, my wife surprised me and bought me tickets to go see him down in Houston. Well, me and my wife, just us two, we drove down, and it was just this hole-in-the-wall music studio thing, like 40 people in the room, Wow. him and his wife standing on stage, two violins. And they killed, and so I'm 20 feet away Dang. watching an influence in my life. You know, it was just this very That's well. It's really one of the most, cool. surreal, yeah. But what was even cooler than that? It was almost like the Lord just was like, "Here you go. Here's here's one of the best nights of your life." Everybody left um, after about 30 minutes after the thing. People had got their autographs and left, and uh, him and his wife, and me and my wife stood on the little stage there and talked for like an hour. I got to just sit there and and chat with a musical influence. And the first time I had met him at a CD table uh, at that other deal, my mom walked me. I was was like 16 years old and my mom went up to the table with me and she was like, right when we stepped up, he looked up and he's like, hey, you know, and shook my hand and I I didn't even say hi. I was just, everything (laughs) was stuck in my throat. Just like, I can't even speak. And my mom was like, She's giving me that look like, you, you need to speak. Need to and uh, she finally looked at him and goes, he's a huge fan. And he was like, oh, thank you. you know." And I just was, I would look like this dumb kid. Like I met a girl for the first time in my life or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But this time, uh, so anyway, that was That's the concert. Awesome. That was the concert. Just I this hole that. in the wall with one of the greatest musical inspirations of my life.
1: What, uh, question number two is, what's a favorite artist or band currently that you can't stop listening to?
0: I really like. Uh, it's interesting. A lot of these things flex, but one of the one of the elements of my musical diet that I I really can't get away from is uh, Drew
1: Holcomb. Yeah, uh, I love his stuff.
0: Golly, man, it's really good. There,
1: I haven't listened to any of his newer stuff, but his older albums I really like.
0: Well, I was just gonna say uh, it's a lot. Of, I mean, his newer albums are fantastic. I nothing, but like the things that resonate with me are. Are a few of his older things. Mm-hmm. And um I just love his writing. I love yeah. I love everything about the production. Um it's very real. Again, mm-hmm. it's that I think that's one of the things that inspires me about him is lyrically the way he writes is very intriguing to me and uh feels very good as a listener, and so I want to accomplish that. Yeah. And then the way that they do their songs produced it feels like real music to it me. It does, yeah. It's just it's just real music, yeah. And I think that you can. Yeah. I, I think that will, that will always be cool. Real music will always be cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'll mm-hmm. always be what people want to hear. Yeah. So love that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Favorite thing to do when you're not working. Man, I'm, I'm either I'm either
0: playing music. Or, I'm hanging out with the family.
1: What's something you do as a dad, with your kids?
0: uh right now it's baseball oh yeah uh it's just baseball season man our kids are playing fall ball um but yeah i mean we work on baseball all throughout the year that's cool. uh that's just it's just fun you know and it's usually yard ball it's usually like yeah. a, a version of it you know um mm-hmm. in the spring we don't usually play spring we usually just play fall ball um so throughout the summer all the other months we ju- we play kickball you know things like that but um, and we have a bunch of cousins that live on the farm with us. And so it's, it's just kind of part of our culture as cool. a not just even immediate family, but yeah. the extended family. Um, but yeah, love we, we love playing out in the yard, just sports. Um, drink of choice, sweet tea. Yeah, it's definitely going to be sweet tea. Although Wilder Love Coffee is probably the best coffee I've ever had. Really? Yeah, do you know, uh, they're down in Montgomery. Shameless plug for my friends, Cade and Katie Jenkins. I know, I'm
1: (laughs) I'm always ordering different beans from different people, so. Yeah, they don't make
0: their own. I want to say they don't make their own, but whatever they do, man, every time I order a coffee, I'm just like, this is literally, it's so good. That's awesome. But drinks I can make myself, yeah, sweet tea. (laughs) Uh,
1: Spotify or Apple Music? uh spotify it's just easier yeah
0: it's just easier
1: i saw uh well my next question is dist- distribution channel of choice but you use catapult or some or used to use catapult i did use catapult how did it just showed up on itunes i just saw it really catapult, oh, okay it, like, yeah, yeah it like showed up i was like yeah, that's yeah, cool. about that
0: um yeah i used catapult on that stuff and then i then i moved to distro kid okay yeah cuz i think distro kid is it's not a monthly thing or a yearly thing
1: you just pay it and you're done or it's a yearly thing yeah yearly distro is is yearly
0: but that's so nice to think about as opposed to like uh, the last thing musicians need is somebody taking a cut from your if (laughs) if you make money off of a track (laughs) the last thing you need is somebody taking a piece of that from you
1: what's a song that you've created that you're most proud of
0: it's actually the song I'm gonna play today okay uh I did record a version of it a long time ago playing around. I haven't mm-hmm. released anything. I've never released this song. So it'll actually be the first time. Wow, uh, very cool. Uh, a great friend of mine, uh, I was singing it one day, warming up. And uh, he was like, hey, dude, is that a song you wrote? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I like that song. you know." And it's, so it's always been this song that's really close to me. And I'll tell you the story behind okay, it later. Okay. But it's it's one of my favorite lyrically. It's one of my favorite to think about. I just I just enjoy all the aspects. It's probably one, one of their very, one of the very few pieces of music that I've created that I just didn't genuinely wow. enjoy myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not cuz it's amazing. It's just I enjoy it. Just it just resonates with you. And, yeah. yeah, and it's still true. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those songs that's still true for me. Like sometimes you love just it. it's a snapshot and you're just kind of recounting something but yeah, it'll be the one it. I play today.
1: Okay, last question. How many voice memos are on your phone? Oh, nine bajillion. I don't know, you man. You probably have idea after idea, huh? Just like right. stored in there.
0: Right, yeah, 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 and And it's everything from just uh, a riff to a lyric uh, to a vocal part. And that's so hard to do, man. I'm finding that that's not actually a great medium Oh, why? for certain things. Because if I'm driving, it's really hard for me... In the moment, I can sing or sing the melody or whatever I'm mm. trying to put down. But sometimes it's hard to hear emphasis as far as rhythm and in, in, and even chords that I was thinking in my mind. And I've realized, oh, that's not a great way to put hmm. a full idea down. Like you need more. Yeah, yeah, more yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I either needed a guitar in my hand at the time yeah. or something like that. But yeah, I have a
1: lot of stuff I've looked back on. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh well man it's been yeah a pleasure having you man thanks, and talking man. talking music with you and hearing your story a little bit more um, cool socks by the way thanks man um, my nieces and nephews they they know their uncle well they got you um okay we're gonna transition to you playing performing the song live give me the name of the song and then ex- explain a little bit about yeah. how that came about
0: um the song is called my revival um and it's about my wife. It's about us. Um, but, but, man, I guess there was a point in my relationship where, you know, I realized all the things that my wife had forgiven me for and has had to deal with and, and how she's such a great help to me um, by either being the person that will press me hard until I, I find truth, um, whether it's uncomfortable to do or not, you know, and... Mm. And so I just, uh, I really began to see, and it's funny, I didn't write this song intentionally with this idea in mind, but I realized as I was writing it, and kind of after I was done, I was like, oh, okay, that's where that came from. The simplest way to say it is I see my wife as probably the most tangible physical expression of what the Holy Spirit is for me. Mm. She's the most, um, she's the best expression of that for me in my life, Mm. you know, reminding me of truth, pressing me when I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, gently and beautifully, Mm. but never letting up, you know, either like she's, she's undeniable, she's unwavering and, uh, man, and just never leaving, you know, um. Never forsakes you. She's just always mm. that closeness, and, and it's things like, um, you know, marriage is not what I expected it to be. Relationship is not what I expected it to expected it to be. And, and sometimes when you have that realization, you're like, oh, it's less. But then as the journey goes on, you realize, no, it's actually more. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you learn to value different things in your relationship with somebody and the beauty of those different things. You know, yeah. the, the the beauty of the hard things that in the moment feel like, Oh, I wish this was never happening. I didn't see this coming. But once that's gone and once you come back and go past it, the, the relationship is so much deeper, so much better. Mm-hmm. You have so much respect and love for that person that stuck it out with you. Yeah. You know? Um, that's so awesome. So yeah, it's really just this idea of seeing her as this physical expression of the Holy Spirit and his work in my life for me and with me and all that, you know, on me.
1: That's great, man. Yeah, well, yeah. I can't wait to hear it. And, uh, thanks again for coming by and yeah if people are listening uh where can they follow uh, instagram where, uh, you have the coolest last name
0: yeah <laughs> that's funny uh it's funny you say that because i don't feel like that i always <laughs> I feel like man i wish i
1: had a cool last name it just and, sounds so commanding right just like, right you know
0: yeah well so what do you want pe- but you have two instagrams tell people where to go well, so I started, I mean, this whole music thing, really, even though I've done it for a long time, the artist thing is just so, such an infancy. I mean, it's sure. so, so new right now, um, as far as putting out my own music. Um, so I, I started, a, a, an actual artist page on Instagram and I have one on Facebook, right? There's just Josh Masters music. Um, and then there's my personal one, which is, I think it's Joshy e Masters, uh, J O S H Y Masters, but you can follow me on there. Um, I'll put some stuff out on YouTube. I'm not a YouTuber. Yeah. I, I literally have one one video on that right now. I saw a very old Josh Masters video where you yeah, had an accent. Um, yeah, just forget all that stuff. <laughs> just man, I, if there's a way I could pull it off, I tried actually the other day, oh, really? and I I can't find I can't find the password to the email.
1: Oh, my goodness. And then yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah. has
0: these regulations where you can't access it. You can't reset the password. <laughs> That's crazy. For older emails. But anyway, um, <laughs> there's a different channel, and it's the one with Here Comes I Love You. Yeah. And, and I'll be putting totally. like the video stuff there, but yeah. um, most of it would probably just be on social media right now. Cool. Um, I'm not on
1: TikTok, which maybe I
0: should be. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't really know. Do you do Constantly. TikTok? No,
1: I don't talk. Uh, <laughs> I don't tick the talk. You don't tick the talk. No. That's awesome. Um well thanks again man I appreciate yeah. your time and Same It's been cool To get to know you A little bit um, As a friend Same So hopefully There's more of that Down the road Yeah 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 Cool
2: Just about The time I think i got Her figured out It's brand new Scenery Switching changing smoke Every turn's not what I hold, But it's what I need There's Jew and Gentile in my heart Like the cross she tears apart The scales upon my mind and Turning every stumbling stone into joys I've never known, and the pain of peace inside. And oh, oh, she's my revival. Oh. like salt and light She's the clay within my eyes And whatever else it takes the gentle strength I've never seen She drags me to the fields of green and waits for me to break Oh, oh He's my revival. Oh. oh. life to new She seems to know just what to do
0: to soothe
2: a bitter soul She speaks to me the words of life, they cut and clean just like a knife And I kiss her cause I know That love's not a war but you've got to fight Pierce the dark and bring the light Just to say the one you love She's held my hand and holds my heart Held on tight right from the start Just like she said she would And oh, oh, she's my revival Oh, Oh. Oh. she's my revival Oh